God. Thank you, dear God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Wonderful to be in God's nice warm house tonight. And I'm enjoying the presence of the Lord. I'd like to turn your attention to one of the last books of the Old Testament, the book of Zechariah. Amen. Chapter 4 of Zechariah. I'm going to begin with verse 5. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 5. Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? Then I said, No, my Lord. Now, see, that sounds like a conversation between the Lord and me. You know, it's like, don't you know? And I'm like, uh-uh, I don't know. <laughs> Help me out. Enlighten me, Lord. <laughs> Deprive me of my ignorance. Help me out. Help a brother. <laughs> All right. So the angel that talked with me answered, and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, that thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. I just simply want to preach on who do you think you are. <laughs> you can be seated. The Lord bless you. I hear my wife real loud right now. I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother. In the book of uh, Matthew, first book of the New Testament, and uh, early chapter, chapter 3, said, In those days, verse 1, came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Esaias, or Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Everybody said, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. As you read the Bible, and I'm very close, to, I'm within five books of finishing throughout the whole book, 66 books, and that's always a little accomplishment for me. I'm always uh, glad when I make that final chapter of that final book so I can start all over again. 
Somebody asked me the other day, what do you do? Do you, do you start at the end? And what do you do? I said, oh, I do it every kind of way. I, you know, it's like when they plow a field in Belglade. You know, there's a lot of different ways to plow that field. And that's how I am about the Bible. I'll start in the middle and go both ways, or I'll start at the end and go backwards, or start in the beginning and go straight through. Or I think I said at one time, if I could figure out how to do it diagonally, I'd do that. I haven't figured that one out yet. But, uh, you know, you want to keep it alive. If it's a new book to you, then I suggest that you start the you know, Old Testament. I'd start in the book of Psalms. And I'd also simultaneously get started in the book of Matthew in the New Testament and begin to work my way through that New Testament. And I'd probably read twice as much New Testament as I did Old Testament while I was doing my reading. That's just a little tip and take it for what it's worth, department. But uh, there are many obstacles. There was darkness when Jesus came. Even when John the baptizer came, who was the forerunner for Jesus. He was the, the one that was going to make his path straight. He was foretold of, prophesied about, Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, it was going to be that this John the baptizer was going to come. And, um, you know, it started out with an obstacle in John's life because the Scripture teaches that when his mother gave birth to him, there was a typical family discussion about things. Maybe I should say family disagreement about things. Because some thought he should be named one thing and some thought he should be named another. We've settled all that in our church family in Belgrade. I name the kids. Takes all the argument out of it. That's how come we have Michael Rock. You know, that's how come we have Tamia. Okay? She's not just Mia, she's Tamia. Because she looks just like her daddy. Okay. Well, we always said the Lord knows what he's doing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You've got a big hand. Come on. God bless you. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, anyway, if you look closely, you'll see some, uh, some of mommy there, too. I promise you. But anyway, John the baptizer, there was a bit of disagreement, shall we say. And, and of course, John the Baptist's father couldn't talk. Well, that's because the women were doing all that. No, not really. That's because he... He absolutely, more or less, opened his mouth at the wrong time. <laughs> and the angel was trying to give him such good news about the birth of this child. And lo and behold, he goes and opens his big mouth right in the house of God, right at the altar of God. And he says, how can these things be? <laughs> and the angel said, let me tell you how it's going to work. Said, beginning with, you're not going to get to talk anymore until that baby's born. And he's like, mm, 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 mm. nothing's coming out. Couldn't talk. God made the tongue, and God decided that thing's not going to work for a while. <laughs> and so old Zechariah there, he, he didn't have any more to say about things. And he adjusted to life being mute. But when John was born, and they were all fussing about it, one wanted to call him this, one wanted to call the other, and his mother said, well, we're going to call him John. And they said, there ain't nobody in the family named John. And, you know, I was reading, I was reading today. I think it was today. It could have been yesterday. And um, I, was, I was reading about, you know, Peter and goes and gets his brother Andrew. And then after a while, there was 
James, the brother of John, and I'm saying, look at all these ordinary names. After I just got done with Hezekiah and Pharaohs and, and, you know, Mephibosheth and, you know, and I'm like, wow, what happened here? <laughs> a lot of things changed from the old to the new, didn't it? Those names started changing. There was a real um, evolvement went on, I guess. But um, mother said, Elizabeth said, we can we call him John. And, and, and boy, the, it just got louder then. You know, nobody in the family's named that. And so uh, I all looked at mute daddy, Zacharias. And about that time, he's, he's sending hand signals. You know, we got a kid in town. We, we tried to baptize him. We almost got him there. And uh, he's, I don't know his history. It's, it's probably a very sad one. And he just roams the streets and begs food, money, whatever. And he'll be at the street corner, and he'll, he'll pantomime. You know, he'll do all that stuff, you know. And uh, I don't know, maybe he's originally from France. I don't know. But anyway, he'll do all that stuff. And uh, my wife said, man, that's, what's he doing? And I said, well, he's trying to let the guys in the cars know that he doesn't have any money and he wants some money for food. He doesn't have a sign, so, you know, he's, he is the sign. And so um, she said, that's really sad. I said, well, stick around. I said, he'll cry for you, too. I said, he's, he's very practiced at what he does. And we have fed him, and we did get him to church. And like I said, we came very close to getting him baptized. And, uh, but I'm saying to you that um, they were, John's dad was making hand signals. And he was trying to get somebody to bring him a piece of paper and a pencil to write with. And somebody finally did. And about that time, whoo, that angel just touched his tongue and John came out of there. You call him John. Well, boy, upon that miracle, nobody was disputing nothing. They all were going, John, that sounds like a good name to me. Yeah, let's, let's call him John. What do you think? I think call him John. It's a good idea. Good idea, Zacharias. You're the man, bro. <laughs> everybody was happy. Finally, everybody got with God's program, right? <laughs> Sometimes we awful slow. Sometimes we are awful slow. You know, God is trying to work with us. He's trying to save us. He's trying to pull us out of the fire. And we just being as all stubborn as all get out. Not us. Uh-huh, us, <laughs> us. We're stubborn by nature. Sure we are. We're muley-headed. <laughs> we are. You might as well just go ahead and admit that. And, and, and uh, the quicker you admit that, the quicker you might be able to whoop that. You know, knowing it puts you that much ahead of the game. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. So don't go into denial. Go into the baptismal tank over there. If you want water, go right in the baptismal tank, and we will baptize you in water. You don't need to go to Egypt to get in the Nile River, all right? But try not to go into denial about things. Just go ahead and own up to it, fess up to it. You know, say, this is what I need. This is what I need. Well, there are things that rise up in front of us, obstacles. Things that 
keep us from getting to God. You do have an adversary. The Bible uses that word, named him as such. Book of Revelation, your adversary, the devil. And you know what he does all the time, don't you? He don't have nothing good to say about you. He's always accusing you of something. He'll always accuse you of something. And uh, that old accuser, the devil, never has nothing good to say. You say, well, he's lying. Well, yes, that's what he does. <laughs> he's the father of lies. Amen. He's the father. He's the originator of lies. And, uh, and he, he, he's just pathological about it. He's going to lie and lie and lie and lie some more. There's no truth in him, the Bible said, never was from the beginning. So you, there's some things that you shouldn't look for in certain places because it's not going to be there. So why waste your time? Why waste your, You're not going to find the love of God in the clubs. You're not going to find the power of God in schools for the blind. That's a, another way of saying churches. Just churches. There's lots of churches. People start churches all the time. If you just want another church, there's plenty of them out there. But if you want God, if you want the real thing, you don't need mechanical. You don't need human. You need the real thing. You need what's genuine. You need what's real. And uh, there was some women came one day, very heavy-hearted, very burdened down, felt like the, the mountain in front of them was something they could never climb over. Or the valley, if you want to call it that, was so low they could never get through it. Just too much depression there. And uh, the road was too bumpy. Must have been the road from Belgrade to West Palm. It was just too bumpy. And uh, way too crooked. There was no honesty on it. It was a crooked road. Crooked road. And so when these women got there, there was an angel waiting on them. And I'm telling you, the Lord's constantly waiting on us. He's constantly waiting. We're, we're so behind the program. We're so slow. We're dragging around. We're what the Jewish said. We're schlepping around. And uh, the women got there, and they see the angel. That in itself was a nice miracle, wasn't it? And, uh, but he was kind enough to just appear so ordinary. They thought he was a gardener. Can our discernment be off or what? And uh, <laughs> they said, um, hey, said, we're looking for the Lord. You know, the one that was crucified. Said, we're looking for him. Said, um, if you'll tell us where you've laid him, where you've stretched him out, his body, his corpse, we will take him. We'll prepare him. We want to get him ready. And he said, he's not here. And I, I'm sure right about them, they wanted to fuss with that supposed gardener. You know, there's a lot of things that people suppose that are inaccurate. Well, Joseph was supposedly the father of Jesus, but he wasn't. There's a lot of things that people assume 
lot of things that people think are accurate and right, and they're not. And you know, if you start off just a little bit wrong in the beginning, over a period of time, you're going to be way, way, way off course because you started off with the wrong information. And so this gardener slash angel, he says, he's not here. And then it was revelation time. He said, he is risen. And besides, why seek ye the living among the dead? You're not going to find life at the club. You know, I, I didn't fancy myself a good dancer. But I, I did dance in the world. I didn't know anything about the truth of the church or Bible or anything like that. It's just something you kind of grew up and people did and you did it. And, uh, but, you know, when I got the Holy Ghost, I never danced another dance like that again. I don't believe I could do it now. I don't want to do it now. I don't believe I could do it now. I don't think I could even imitate it now. You know? And uh, there's a difference when you get the Holy Ghost. There's a difference made when you get God in your life. Now, we were having such a, a good service Sunday night, and we have a guy that visits our church from time to time. We finally got him baptized. I just ordered him to get baptized. I did. I said, you're going to come around here as much as you've been coming. I said, you're getting baptized. And so I baptized. But I got him. I got him back. Teresha, I got him. I made sure the water was frozen. <laughs> he was <laughs> I said, relax. Calm down. I said, we're going to do this real quick. Yeah. I figured he put us through all that. I was going to put him through a little something. But uh, we, we labeled him Brother Dance because he wants to dance in our services. Only thing is, he doesn't have the Holy Ghost. And so he wants to club dance. I've said, I guess the only thing he needs is a pole. And so sure enough, he went over to one of our windows where we have some things... <laughs> We have some shutters, and the, and the shutters have wood on them. Like, And he grabbed one of them things, started doing his thing, and pulled that thing right off the wall. <laughs> and he was so embarrassed, and we're still having church. And he's so embarrassed, he's standing over, he's trying to make those nails fit back in the hole to get that thing back in there. Old brother dance. And I always marvel because he will dance when nobody else is dancing. And that's one of the reasons I let him do it, because I said, well, you know, maybe, Lord, you'll just use him to get the rest of the church to loosen up a little bit. You know, hint, hint. So, um, you know, I'll tolerate him. And when I see him getting too close over the girl side, I'll kind of walk over there a little bit. You know. And, of course, the girls, they love it because they laugh. They are just rolling on the ground laughing and looking at him and thinking he's a nut. <laughs> He's good entertainment, I will say that. And so, I mean, if you're feeling a little down, a little out, Brother Dance, will, he'll get you smiling because he's so ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, <laughs> when the Holy Ghost moves genuinely, 
And the church family begins to rejoice and begins to praise God with a dance uh, and a few other things, you know, lifting their hands and speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance and things of that nature. Um, he gets very quiet. He kind of steps out of the way. He gets between the pews. Of course, that was probably because one night I looked at Tom and a few of the other bulls on the platform, and boy, the Holy Ghost was starting to move, and different ones were just getting with it. And I knew that these guys were fixing to hit the aisle and run, and, I, and that Brother Dance was kind of standing there, you know, and he was just not knowing what to do with himself. And I said, free dinner, first one that pancakes him. <laughs> so, you know, pancake means you knock somebody over. You know. And so, anyway, uh, I think he decided to get between the pews so he didn't get run over when some of the guys got to feeling the Holy Ghost and took off. But I'm trying to tell you there's a difference. There is a difference between the Holy Ghost. You know, we had some woman come one time and, and, and she would dance a waltz. You know, a waltz is like a square. And she would, she would do it. Then she'd gravitate. Oh, God, these are some old names, and you, you, some of you are not going to have any clue. But, you know, then she'd start doing the Watusi. <laughs> I know these guys are over there. Oh, the what? Yeah, the Watusi. Yeah. And, and all this kind of junk, you know. And, and, of course, we're looking at her like, lady, this is not a club. We do not dance secular promiscuous stances here you know oh yeah but there are people that don't know the difference because they don't have the holy ghost because they have not unfortunately not gotten that experience and they want to bring their human spirit into our holy spirit service and they want to they think they're doing like we're doing and we're looking at them like okay you're really freaky. You're really odd. You're really worldly. You know, because we came out of that. We've been we've been changed. And and our human spirit isn't in control. We're not doing what we're doing under our own steam. You know. And if you watch somebody that really gets the Holy Ghost and they get in the spirit and they start dancing, you'll know it's not them. Because <laughs> there ain't no way you could do that. <laughs> no way you could do that at all on your own it's the holy ghost and you're not somebody said well you look ridiculous but i'm not dancing unto you if i look ridiculous to you i don't care i'm dancing unto the lord that's why that's why i get to sing sometimes you know because it said make a joyful noise and what god determines is joyful and what you determine is joyful is very often going to be two different things and i don't blame you because I know my, my singing isn't joyful to people. I, I know that. My wife's told me enough times. But, and then I've been told, get out of the mic, get out of the mic. Because, you know, I'm by the mic and I'm, I'm happy. And, and sometimes Sister Williams inspires me to want to sing. And I sing. And then I realize, you need to get out of the mic. <laughs> you happen to be standing by the mic. Get away from the mic. And so, um, but, none, and then, of course, I'm under the delusion that the singing is so good and the Holy Ghost feels so good that I think my singing sounds good. You know what that's like when you're driving along in the car and you got that CD going and that gospel music or you got the gospel station on and you're singing along, bellering along, you know. And then somebody turns the volume down and you're bellering along and 
your bellerin. <laughs> you know, and it sounded good there when you were singing with them. But when it just got to be you, well, look out. And so I'm saying that, um, you know, me without God is no good. I got to have God. And, and the thing is, see, God without me, he's still God. He's still all-powerful. He's still almighty. <laughs> he's still all everything. But me without him, I'm all nothing. Jesus said in one place, he said, without me, you can do nothing. Okay? Now, you bring your enthusiasm. You bring your zeal. You bring yourself and, yes, get in the service. Get happy. Get excited. Jump up and down. Have fun. Join in with us. We want you to do that. But don't forget, you need God. Remember this. It all begins with John 3, 3 and 5. You must be born again. There's no way around that. You can go over to Romans, and you can read all the way through to Revelation. Every word, every chapter, every line. And you can talk about all things work together for the good. And you can talk about another scripture, another scripture, another scripture. But it really doesn't apply to you. It's really not applicable to you. Okay? Until you get born again. That's when the book becomes a whole different book. That's when the promises become yours. That's when you become one of the ones that he's talking about. That's when it's inclusive. You're a part. You're included in this. Okay? All right. Now, Brother Dance, he'll, he'll dance for you. He'll dance all over the place. But if he's not getting anywhere with God, nowhere at all. Nowhere at all. And lots of people are that way. They'll go through their motions. They'll go through their rituals. They'll go through all kinds of things that churches or religion teaches them. I was in a, a, I had to go find my wife, so the best place to go was the Goodwill or the equivalent thereof. Now, I went in the store, and of course, I couldn't find her. There was people in there and racks of clothes, and I just couldn't find her. So I'm just walking around, and all of a sudden, I hear the word of the Lord. And it was a lady over on the end of the island, and she was just quoting scriptures one after another. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this lady is a little confused today, and um, I guess she thinks she's in church, and I guess this is what she does, you know, because she'd quote a little bit, and then she'd go off saying what she thought. And um, I'm saying people get into their idea of what they feel good about what they think is right but you know these are obstacles these are man-made ideas these are traditions these are things that loom up before us and we can't seem to get over them or around them we can't seem to get through them because they're too deep too deeply rooted in our upbringing and uh we can't seem to it just too rocky a road for us to, to travel, and it's too crooked a way to find something straight. But I will say to you that Zechariah was given the answer. And you know, the Bible teaches 
Isaiah foretold about comforting people, comforting, bringing comfort to you. Comfort ye my people. Speak comfortably to them. And then he, he began to tell about the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And then he began to talk about bringing down the mountain and bringing up the valley, straightening out that which is crooked, smoothing out that which is rough. And he began to tell about, I'm going to send my messenger. He's going to be coming. And the disciples asked one day, they said, some say that Elias is going to come back. And Jesus said, he already has. He already has. And they're like, did we miss something? And they said, well, you just misidentified or you didn't identify at all. He said, it's John the baptizer. He said, and he said, and I'll tell you what. He said, there's not a prophet born among women. That's greater than John the baptizer. He said, but let me tell you something further than that. Now, he already had their attention. I mean, they're wowed now. You know, their, their jaws are. Did you hear what he said? They were really taken back. And he said, he that's least in the born-again experience that puts you into the kingdom of God is greater than John the baptizer. Right after he said, born among women, is none greater than John the baptizer. You talk about potential, not because of who you are, but because of what he's giving you. What he's offering. You to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. You know? You baptized Jesus? Good. You baptized? Grandma? Did we get you baptized in Jesus' name yet? Oh, Grandma, we got to do that, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, I want to get you baptized if you're not in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that you're a part of us here tonight. But I want everybody to know that this is exact. This is specific. This isn't just any old thing. And I want you to know that a, a mountain should sometimes be called Mount Tradition. Never mind Mount Zion. It ought to be called Mount Tradition. Because there's a whole lot of tradition that gets handed down. A whole lot of cliches. Things that get said over and over and over. I went to a church one time, preached a funeral in Belgrade. They asked me to come there. And, and uh, I'd say something, and, and it'd be a, a, a chorus of them sitting in one section. They'd go, uh-huh. I'd go a little bit, and all of a sudden they'd go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. But that was their tradition. Somebody started that, you know, 100 years ago, and the little child heard mom or grandma and grew up saying, uh-huh. And it went on and it went on, and it's passed on and it's passed on. 
And, and so there's, a, there's mountains that we deal with. We deal with the mountain of tradition. We deal with the mountain of pride, you know, and other such like mountains, okay? And there's valleys of depression that we deal with because people get so down. They don't think they could ever, ever. One man told, told us one time at the altar when we asked him about praying, he said, I can't pray. Why not? Well, I've just been too bad. I've done too many wrong things. I said bad things. So my pastor said, uh, you believe God heard you when you said those bad things? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, well, guess what? He said, you've said some good things. He said, and God heard that too. You know, you can just get in that valley of depression. You, maybe you heard over and over what a bad person you were. Maybe somebody just constantly riding your case. You know? And uh, when you were just looking for a little approval, maybe you were looking for, you know, when you pet a dog, and I'm not telling you to go do that, believe me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saving people, not animals. But, you know, when they pet a dog, that's what that dog is there for, that approval and that petting of its head, you know. And, and that, think about the human mind. It needs stroking. It needs a little petting. That psych, you know, needs to hear something positive. And your home life may not be that way. Your coming up childhood may not have been that way. But you're in the right place now. You're in a place that's positive. You're in a place that's uplifting. You're in a place that, you're in a place that Zerubbabel the prophet walked out and he saw a big old mountain. He's like, man, what am I going to do? <laughs> and God said, it's not by power. No, it's not by might. It's not by numbers. He said, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. He got Zerubbabel's attention. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to be the biggest. I don't have to be the baddest. I don't, I don't have to be the best. I don't have to be the richest. I don't have to be the best looking. I don't have to be any of those things. And, uh, and then God said, Who art thou, O mountain? You know, my God takes care of mountains. <laughs> I've seen I've seen some in my to me I've seen some big mountains get moved by God. We had a dear sister in the church and she's the one that gave us God knows how to run his business. And we've taught told that over and over repeated that in services and lived by it <laughs> many times. Dear old sister Cannon. And she married she was a true saint and she married Brother Cannon, they were married, and uh, when she came into church, and he didn't come into church. He was uh, chief of detectives in Homestead. His brother, the congressman, and uh, he was a big man, big man, heavy, big, tall, everything, big. And uh, John Cannon, uh, his wife said, when John got the Holy Ghost, she said, now I know what the Lord meant when he said he could move a mountain. 
She never thought she'd see John get the Holy Ghost, first of all, and move like he moved when he got the Holy Ghost. Okay? So I'm trying to tell you, man, you, if you feel like the valley you're in is too low and too depressing, God can bring it up. God can bring it up. If you feel like the mountain is too big in, in front of you that you can't see any which way past it, God can move it. Oh, yes, he can. He said, who art thou, mountain? You know, who do you think you are? You know, God's like, you ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. I like when Jesus came before the ruler of that, one of the rulers of that day, and they got to talking, and Jesus really wasn't answering. You know, sometimes some people in some situations, you don't answer, you don't dignify it with an answer. You just kind of ignore it. And uh, they're not worthy of an answer. We don't cast our pearls before the swine. And so Jesus wasn't answering until finally the ruler got to puffing up a little bit who he thought he was. Who do you think you are? And he said, don't you know that I have power to set you free? Jesus said, you could have no power at all except it were given me from above. And furthermore, don't you know I could pray right now to my Father, flesh to spirit, direct connection, and I could, I could have legions of angels. He said, but my kingdom is not of this world. I know right where I'm at. I knew who I am. Matter of fact, Jesus said in one place, he said, I know from whence I've come. And he said, and I know where I'm going. Nothing like having direction, huh? Nothing like having direction. You don't have to be, have a mountain of confusion anymore. You know? And he said, he said, it's getting late, is what he said. He said, uh, <laughs> he said, um, he said, oh, yeah, I, uh, I, can, uh, I can move that mountain, Zerubbabel. Who do you think you are? There are people that just act so haughty and so proud and so lifted up and puffed up. You know? And you can, be made, you can become intimidated. You can feel ridiculed. You can feel very put down. But you need to remember in your heart, you need to, I've, I've had people get very, very ugly. And sometimes I just wanted to say to them, who do you think you are? <laughs> who do you think you are? You know? This is God's work. This is God's house. This is God's kingdom. First order of business, you need to humble down and let us baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And let us lay hands on you and God give you the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. Till your heart is changed. Till everything is made brand new. Till you become a new you. And you know, that means, that means that you're not going to do it the way you've been doing it. You're not going to dance like you're used to dancing. Okay? You're not going to be dancing to attract the opposite sex. You're going to be dancing to get God's attention. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to have clarity and direction. You'll know where you're at and what you're seeking. 
because they couldn't find Jesus in the graveyard. He wasn't there. It, that was a place of the dead. He was alive. That's why you're not going to find him in the mechanical churches where they've just got mountains of tradition handed down. And you've got your same old phrases that you give all the time. You need the freshness of truth. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like they were in the Bible, evidenced or the sign, the biblical sign, you'll begin to speak with another language as God's Spirit gives the utterance, not as your human spirit gives the utterance. All right. So I'm saying to you, you, you tell yourself and the devil, you say that now, who do you, who do you think you are now to try to get between me and God, between me and truth? Who do you think you are? Trying to befuddle my mind and confuse me about things. Who do you think you are? And then notice what he said. He said, there came a stone crying, grace, grace unto it. Man, we're living in a great time. We're living in the time of God's favor. You hear me? God's favor. Amen. You don't got anything to worry about if you'll first get born again. And having done so, if you'll follow Romans to Revelation on how to stay saved, that God pulls you out of the club, He's going to keep you out of the club. Amen. God pulls you out of darkness and puts you in the light. He's going to keep you out of darkness and keep you in the light. You know? I had a preacher friend when he was very young. He didn't plan to go in the armed services. He was a conscientious objector because he had the Holy Ghost. He didn't want to shoot anybody, kill anybody. And so he got drafted, and he went in as a conscientious objector. And uh, so he became a medic. And they sent him to Vietnam. And he was scared to death. And anybody that went there and tells you they weren't scared is lying. He was scared to death. And uh, he had a broken piece of mirror put up on a tree one day, and he was shaving. Been there trying to, you know. And he said the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, how long have you been here? He said, nine months. He said, and I've kept you. All those months. <laughs> message delivered, message received. You know? you know, you can live for God. You you can live for God. Nukia, you can live for God. You can overcome all the things of the flesh. Sure you can. Little Frida Bell in the back, way back there, you can live for God. Yes, you can. Sure you can. Yes, you can. And I, I don't mean generically. Live for God. I mean according to the book. Chapter and verse. Subject matter. The way the original. I got a phone call from a guy yesterday. And he said he wanted to know about the apostolic church of Jesus Christ. That'd be me. That'd be us. What you want to know? And so he, began, he wanted to know some of our history. And so I gave him some of our history back as far as I knew. And I said, uh, by names I mean. And then I said, but you know, mostly we trace our history by the book, by, by subject matter, by truth. I said, we're a continuation of the original that Jesus started. 
and gave to the apostles, and the apostles went on and gave it to everybody else. And I said, that's what we trace it back through, subject matter, the Word of God. And, of course, that's when it became, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You know, they don't. <laughs> and then, but I don't let them get away. You know, I just kept pouring it on, pouring it on, chapter and verse. And uh, that good subject matter. You know, if you, get, if you get this experience, you can't get enough of the Word. You can't get enough truth. And you just want more and more of it. You want him to open your understanding. And the, and the beauty is, of it is I'm saying the book of Acts is what will save you. And Romans to Revelation is what will keep you saved. It'll keep you out of the deep valleys and the pits. It'll keep you out of the crooked places and the rough, bumpy, rugged places. Because God said, I, I, I can smooth all that. I can straighten all that. I can bring down that mountain. Who's that mountain think he is anyway? You know? And there are times when you're going to be able to pray. You're going to be inspired to pray in a tough situation. And you're going to be able to say, Mountain, who do you think you are? I am a child of the King. I am baptized in Jesus' name. I am washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've got the gift of the Holy Ghost. You get behind me, Satan. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Glory, glory, glory. Come on now. You get your head up. You get your lower lip off the ground. And you remember who you're called to be. Oh, yes, sir. You remember. I don't think I can get fat. I don't think I can get. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. In Jesus' name, you can. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank God and thank God and thank God. Here's your Bible, son. It's all set because I spit all over it. That's holy spit. Anointed spit. <laughs> Y'all be respectful of Brother Lewis, but I can get by because I've had him since he was that big. Now he's that big. <laughs> I was in a restaurant with him the other day, and it was a guy going out, and he's moving a little slow. He looked at me and looked at Brother Lewis. He said, boy, I wouldn't want to get a fight with that guy. And I was thinking, you wouldn't have to worry about that. He's a Holy Ghost man. He's a Holy Ghost man. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's come and make our way to the front. Let's love our God tonight. Who do you think you are, Mountain? Who do you think you are, problem? Who do you think you are, contrary? Oh, yeah. Who do you think you are, sickness? Oh, Jesus healed all manner of sickness and torment. He took care of it all. Yes, he did. Every bit of it. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Come on now. Change my life for the good, Lord. Make me over anew, Lord. Make me different from what I am and from what I've known. Give me the brand new. Give me the brand new. New creature in Christ Jesus. New creation, that means, in Christ Jesus. Create me over anew. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Work a miracle in my life. Work a miracle in my life.